But we continue our conversation with regards to rugby this evening and uh, the Sevens series gets underway in Dubai this coming weekend. Sibelis and Nadler, Dylan Sage and Ruan now all return to the World Series after a year's absence. They'll be joined uh, second year Blitzbox in uh, JC Pretorius, Kurt Lee Arinser, who will take to the field in the Blitzbox colours for the first time in Dubai, having played for the SA Rugby Sevens Academy in last year's tournament. It's a loud cry within the rugby circles, lack of coaching opportunities to young, worthy coaches of colour. More so when you get resilient and able coaches like Jonathan McGuena uh, proving over and over again they too can do the job. You understand their cries though. McGuena boasts an immense experience as a Springbok Sevens player and has also shown beyond reasonable doubt he's an emerging force to be reckoned with within the coaching circles. And we managed to track him down. We've got him on the line and we're going to be chatting all things Blitzbox as the 7 Series kicks off in Dubai on Thursday as well as the pressures that comes with mentoring at a young age. While he's on the line right now, former Blitzbox captain Jonathan McQuenna, good evening and welcome to MSW. Jonathan, are you there? Unfortunately, Jonathan, his line just dropping there as we're getting to him. So uh, he'll be uh, catching up with us shortly. We'll get him back on the phone lines again. Uh, We had earlier chatted to uh, Tony Irish, who is the chief executive of South African Cricket Association. We also managed to touch base with Mfundo Ndlovo, SA Rugby Sevens Academy winger, who will be in action uh, for the SA Rugby Sevens Academy team this weekend in an international invitational tournament. They take on the Rambling Jesters, France and military as well as Russia on Thursday and Friday. But more importantly, it's all about the Blitz box as they prepare for Tokyo 2020. Uh, Jonathan McQuenna is back on the line. Good evening, Jonathan. Good evening, man, and thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure chatting to you. Uh, we just had that great introduction and then the phone line drops just at the critical moments. Uh, yeah, we, well, that, that's always the case. That's always the case. <laughs> it's like getting the ball just before the try line and unfortunately just coughing it up as you go over the line. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> well, Jonathan, it's great to know that you are in the coaching circles and at a young age trying to make headway while you can. But there are limited opportunities within seven circles. How have you found it so far? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a little bit difficult, uh, but I think uh, you know, you know, the opportunity that I got was more into the 15s uh, code, you know. So I think uh, it's, I've been fairly successful. Mm-hmm. I'm just uh, preparing and waiting for the next opportunity. What is the next opportunity then? Good, good, very good question. <laughs> very good question, you know. Um, look, I've uh, I've done my level three certificate, yeah. which is the highest level you can do in South Africa. Um, I've, I've, I've coached at Varsity Cup level, I've coached at First Division Cup Division level. So now I'm just hoping and knocking on doors to hopefully get a get a gig at the Curry Cup level or, or even Super Super Rugby uh, Union. You know? so I'm, I believe uh, I've, I've done the hard yards. So mm-hmm. It's just now a matter of, of getting opportunity. Well, it's seven season, season right that starts this coming weekend. The 15s rugby guys, the Springboks have had their chance to shine and they'll continue to shine for the next four years until we get to the next Rugby World Cup. But what can we expect from the Blitzbox this season? I mean, they have to rebuild and, uh, and especially building up to the uh, Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. 
Yeah, well, you know what? I think um, you know we've uh, fairly been successful with, with regards to starting the competition quite well. Um, we've been very successful the last few years with regards to winning uh, Dubai. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes down to our uh, our local competition, which is Cape Town or PE, the last time we actually won that was in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Neil Powell would probably he would uh, you know give his left ear to to win another another local uh, you know an home tournament, but. Uh, I do think, you know, getting guys back like Ruan, Ruan Mel, Sia Billison, Natla, uh, Vanet Cox, Sissel Africa, you know, those are guys that, uh, that over the years have really proved themselves. So I think, you know, they, they, they're obviously looking forward to and hopefully wanting to make the, the squad for Tokyo 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, like, like Neil said, you know, I had a chat to him the week, he said that you know, it was quite easy for him selecting the team because he could see that the young or the older guys, which, which is back in the team, uh, you know, the hunger is still there, which is, which is good to hear. Mm. Well, it's an important season, like we said. I mean, it's good to have all the experienced players within that setup. Uh, injuries hopefully, you know, stay away. Uh, but listen, before we carry on, Jonathan, we just need to go to a quick ad break. And then when we get back, we'll continue this conversation with regards to the Blitzboxes. They get their campaign underway in the World Rugby HSBC 7 Series in Dubai this coming weekend. We'll have more right after this. Welcome back to MSW on Metro FM and uh, it's been a busy evening already. We've been chatting Rugby Sevens but before we get back to our rugby conversation it's time to give you an update on what's happening on the cricket fields down in Port Elizabeth at St. George's Park. It is a uh, major clash taking place between the 20 Spartans who won the toss and elected a bat against the host Nelson Mandela Bay Giants in the MSL T20 and right now Tswane Spartans have just lost A.B. de Villiers and have uh, lost another wicket and are currently 167 for the loss of five wickets and that's in the 19th over. A.B. de Villiers scoring 63 from 38 balls. A man with great experience and still doing things on the cricketing pitch. Remember these two sides are joint uh, 19 points each in second and third place respectively trying to chase down the uh, Paul Rocks right at the top of the MSL standing. So an important game and if you'd like to continue watching it remember it is live on SAB BC3 as well as on Radio 2000. Well, we get back to our conversation with uh, Jonathan McGuena, former Blitzbok uh, captain and also a man that is uh, now applying his trade as a coach and we might see him also on the cricketing or the cricketing fields I should say the rugby fields let's hope not too short and not in the too distant future I should say but uh, good to have you back on the line again Jonathan let's talk about uh, the uh, splits box uh, heading into their first tournament of the new season and uh, they currently grouped in pool D unfortunately Jonathan has just disappeared as we uh, try to get back to him but just to give you what's happening at the moment, uh, rugby, so the Blitz Box will be up against England, Spain and Kenya in Pool D at uh, the Dubai Sevens. And it is uh, an important pool because if you look at this, we face England, who we just beat in the Rugby World Cup to uh, claim the Web Ellis Cup for a uh, third time. Uh, we don't know what we're going to get out of Spain. And Kenya, well, they're also a mixed bag at the moment. They could be a fantastic team in the day or they could be the worst of teams but with an Olympics coming up very soon there's no doubt about it Kenya might want to be right up there uh, Jonathan's back on the line again Jonathan we've just been chatting about the uh, Pool D that uh, the Blitzbox find themselves in uh, let's just uh, take a look at it England, Spain and Kenya what can we expect out of these teams coming up against the Blitzbox well uh, you know it's uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm actually just shying away just to say that we've got an easier pool um, because we don't. You know, if you look at if you look at team like Spain uh, and Kenya, you know they, you know, if you look in the rugby world, they actually they, they're actually minnows, but you know, in the sevens world, they're actually very competitive, um, and they've got the ability on the day to perform and actually beat uh, beat the box. You know, we especially Kenya, they've somehow in a, in, in, in vital tournaments they've managed and, and forged out ways to actually uh, beat the box. So. I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know. Should, I don't know. Should I say it's, a, it's an easy, a easy pool, or, 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 or it's just one of those where we need to be on, on top of our, our game every single game? I guess there's no easy games like you say and, and, and especially when you start a season obviously everybody wants to get off on the best possible note. Uh, England for me I, I guess is the danger team because they've got a, a lot more to prove and uh, there's no doubt about it they want to exact revenge on any Springbok or Blitzbok team so you know we, we can expect a tough game from them. Yeah that's going to be I think that's going to be probably a little bit more personal than what it used to be mm. uh, but in saying that you know I do know that uh, England has been has been preparing really quite well. Um, they've been really they've won the Grand Prix, um, you know, competition. That's that's basically a lot of uh, European uh, teams competing, uh, you know, um, amongst other. Mm. Um, so they they they're really coming into the Dubai tournament with momentum, um, and they actually also the other team that actually does fairly well with when it comes to Dubai. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, they they support the travel with them, so you know they feel like like, like they're actually at home. Um, so I think they could be the one team, you know, if I have to single out the team to, uh, so it could be a proper thorn in our flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but knowing, knowing, knowing Coach Paul, uh, or rather Coach Neil, I uh, know he would have, he would have done his homework because he knows how important he is to start well, and especially this, this, uh, seed is coming up. Let's talk about uh, the captaining structure within the Blitzbox team. And this uh, season, Neil Powell's decided to uh, name Sivivwe Zoezwapi as uh, the Blitzbox captain. Uh, that's going to be an exciting prospect for Sivivwe. Yeah, definitely. I think um, he's done really well, you know, the last few times when he actually has won the, the, the captain's armband. Mm. I think also just thinking from a coaching perspective, you know, I think he, uh, Neil Powell, would probably think that, uh, you know, Zoezwapi would probably be the the one player that will play actually most of the tournaments, even mm. though Siabolo, Siabelo is back. Mm. I think when it comes to, because I think uh, guys like Siabelo and Ruan now, now might, uh, might fluctuate between 7th and 15th. Mm. So I think, mm. you know, with regards to uh, consistency and just uh, getting getting the team to, to hear the same voice and, and, and following the same leader, I think it's probably the perfect, uh, you know, selection as a captain. How does uh, Coach Neil Powell go about this? Because, I mean, you've got players that's floating around, dabbling in the 15 games <laughs> still, and they obviously sign to those franchises or teams. Uh, yeah. You know, how does he go about uh, making sure that he gets a well-balanced team and especially preparing for the Olympic Games? Well, I think according to FA Rugby, uh, the rankings, I think Sevens is actually second to, uh, to, to you know, on the, on the rankings when it comes to importance of, uh, of FA Rugby. Uh, I think it's, it's 15, then it's 7, and then it's, then it's under 21. Mm. So I think they've, they've put a, a nice system in place where they can actually go ahead and select any player that they want, uh, barring that it doesn't uh, infringe on, on the union's uh, you know, selection, selection policy. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now, you know, where, where the unions are actually busy in their pre-season, this is a perfect op- op- opportunity for Galaxy Abelo and, Rio, and, and Ruan now and Benacock to, to still stay sharp 
So when they need to move over to the Super Rugby season, they they ready to, ready to go. Mm. There's some stars in this team. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we we just go through them. Former Sevens Player of the Year, uh, Sibela Sanatla. We've also got mm-hmm. uh, Player of the Year nominee, Roscoe Speckman. Uh, current SA Rugby Sevens Player of the Year, Dylan Sage. But there's also a core to this team. I mean, you look at the likes of Ryan Oersteys and Chris Dry, Zane yep. Davids, Selwyn Davids. And the man yep. that, for me, always stands out year in and year out is Justin Gedult, a man that's uh, yep. nearing like a 1,000 points in uh, the World Series. Yeah, I think that's been the secret. Eh? I think that's been, that's been the big secret, the fact that they could uh, you know, have uh, about four or five core players mm. and it's just, just build around them. You know? I think especially a guy like... Uh, and Justin Gadot, you know, that even uh, Social Africa not, not making the final squad, but uh, playing for the academy team, uh, you know, over the weekend. So I think that's, that's been the, the secret, the fact that they've had about 10, 12 uh, players who's, uh, who actually formed the core of the squad. Mm. You know, so they drive the culture, they drive the the, the, the values that that, that Tilt Neal stands for and also what the Sailing stands for. So I think, um, you know, if, if you look at it, it's, it's probably an, an ideal system. Uh, obviously, a little bit easier than you would um, driving a 15 system uh, because you have all, you know players from all, from, from all over the unions or all over the country, and also a bigger squad. Uh, but I think that that's for me has, has been the, the big secret: the fact that they've got a, a solid group of players that uh, can drive the, the, the values. Well, we haven't seen the other countries in action just yet, but you know, there's always the uh, powerhouses. Uh, one of them, and I must say, is uh, USA. All of a sudden, they uh, are right up there. You can't write them off. You've got uh, yeah. the Welsh team. You've also got uh, Fiji. There's no doubt about it. Fiji, New yeah. Zealand, even though they didn't have a very good year last year, but you can't write them off. I mean, what teams should can we expect to possibly get to those uh, the cup playoffs? Are you posing a difficult question? It is. It is difficult. We haven't seen much of them. That's why I'm posing it to you. <laughs> but fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, I think I think a team like Fiji, yeah. they will always always be competitive. Mm. They've uh, again a group of indi- brilliant individuals that can you know just make great magic out of nothing. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you've mentioned it, USA. I think Mike Friday has really done some really good work with uh, with the USA Sevens, mm. um, and just 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 fine tuning the, the model between them and the Fifteens. Um, so again, he's, he's also one of the coaches that's got the, the privilege of selecting, you know, 15 players and also uh, into the same structure. So I think, for me, those are probably the two teams that uh, we need to also watch out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you know, sevens is an amazing sport, and uh, I mean, on the day, if you don't, I mean, we saw it last year with Scotland beat Fiji. Um, you know, we saw it in the World Cup, Uruguay, Uruguay beat, beat Fiji. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so again, if, if you're not, if you're not on top of your game. You might uh, just uh, suck on the on, on the back end of uh, of who knows what, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very true. Let's talk about you know the prospects of getting off onto a positive note. And obviously, we start in Dubai. The Blitzbox will obviously like to get uh, maximum points there before coming to South Africa. South Africa, the Cape Town leg of the uh, the Seven Series has proved to be difficult for Neil Powell in the past few years. I mean, they want to win on home soil. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And it turns out to be one of the best crowds in South Africa oh, on the yeah. circuit. Yeah. I mean, that stadium is sold out for two days solid and we also want to get behind our women's seven side, the South African yeah. women's side. You know, what do we have to do in order to, what does a team need to do to make sure that that is a positive start for themselves? These first two legs are very important, obviously. Yeah, I think, you know, just, just focusing on the Cape Town League, I think 
the one thing that the team needs to realize, you know, whether you play in Dubai or USA or wherever you play, it's still, it's still the same line, it's still the same game, it's still the same amount of minutes that you need to play for. Um, I think they should not allow uh, the fact that, that it's a home league to, to, to apply extra pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the one thing Coach Neil Powell should probably do is also just, uh, you know, handle it as if, as if they're away from home. You know, and not let the boys go go to the home, to, 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 to the houses and see the families. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can say what you want. You know, if, you're, if your mom or your, or your auntie or your uncle says, you listen, you had a good game or you had a good uh, match or, or, you know, you, you guys can do it, then it, it does add a little bit of pressure, whether mm-hmm. you want to admit it or not. You know, so I think you should probably go on and, and, and approach this one as if, we're actually playing in in another country. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should you should you should you should you know because that's ultimately what he what he would do. You know, if if they were playing in Dubai, he would not allow the 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 boys to go out and and see the families or whatever. So I think that's probably that for me. If I was in charge, that that's the one thing I would have managed because I know taking that away and mm-hmm. and, and and getting the boys in an as uncomfortable space as it would in in another country, then mm-hmm. it would have you know taken a little bit more pressure off him. Well, earlier on, we spoke to Fundo Nlovo, who represents the uh, SA Rugby Sevens Academy. He plays in the wing mm-hmm. there, and a man that's also played for the Blitzbox. Uh, and he was yep. just saying how important this year is for a player like himself, because everybody wants to get into Neil Powell's uh, team to go to Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. It's going to be an important period for all these players and to deal with the pressures of the game, the pressures of staying uh, injury-free, the pressures yeah. of the media, uh, of the public out there. Uh, it's so difficult to deal with. How did you, as a former player, also deal with all these pressures? You know, firstly, I think I had a mom. Uh, you know, I was blessed <laughs> to have a mom to, to smack me when I, when I tried to become arrogant, you know. So I think that's the one thing that comes in my favor. But also the other thing was, you know, I, I tried and controlled, you know, what I can. Mm. You know, I tried and, and, and stayed fit. I, I, you know, I worked hard. Um, I focus on the things that I could control, you know, and, and, and the rest was up to the coach. Uh, whether he, uh, you know, saw what I did or what I brought to the, to the table, uh, that is up to him. You know, if we, I, I almost feel that if, if players start to start to focus on, on the long-term goal or, or, or what what other people think of him, then they kind of, they're going to miss the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and we see it, we, we saw it again, um, and uh, you know, within the World Cup, how Rafi focused on what what made the team good. You know how they applied themselves in every single game. They didn't worry about the. If they're often, they didn't worry about the final. They didn't focus on the final for them. It was match by match, doing the small things right and the bigger picture fell in place. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's uh, it's easier said than done uh, because you know you, you want to you, you you do see yourself on on the plane on your way to Tokyo, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you, you need to control what you can control, and that's ultimately what the players have got with a with a coach Neil Paul Caesar. It's up to them. Do we think we have the the depth in our current uh, sevens or setup in order to deal with all the injuries that's involved with the game? Uh, you know, should players get injured within the blitz box setup? Do we have players that can fill their shoes uh, very easily? I definitely, I, I definitely think so. I, I definitely think so. I, I think. That's also one thing, you know, Coach Neil really did well over the past few seasons. He actually, you know, managed to create that depth. You know, if mm-hmm. you look at uh, a guy like uh, like Van Cock, who's yep. actually been, or well, in the first team, actually plays wing, but in the seventh, he's actually a hooker. You know, mm-hmm. so he, he kind of, you know, he keeps, uh, he keeps the, the, the squad fresh, he keeps them competitive, and he keeps them on the toes. So I think 
you know, if you look at it as, as in general and as a whole, definitely has the ability to to uh, to, to to compete and also step up. You, know, you take away you take away Justin Fidel, you put in Central Africa. Uh, you know, I tell you, I tell you, the on and on and on and on. You know, so those are, um, you know, the the points that I think definitely we we have to 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 within regards to our depth and 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 filling. You know, if we do have injuries. Yeah, that management structure, Neil Powell, and uh, is is a man with a lot of experience. He's been at the helm for quite a few years now. He's also played within uh, the seven structure. Uh, he, there's also a lot of pressure riding on his shoulders, I guess, going into the season. Yes, yes, and no, yes, and no, because uh, you know, and and I say yes because obviously I know he wants to be successful, and uh, he's one of those that that uh, places a lot of uh, you know pressure on himself. Mm. Uh, but uh, you know, at the same time, I also know that uh, you know, SA Rugby, you know, has, has, has given him the the freedom to 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 kind of run this run easy system the way he mm. thinks is best. You know, and I think for any coach, that is uh, that is ideal. You know, if you don't have any pressure on you, or, or, or you know, no one sitting over your head and hovering over your head to 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 guide you in what 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 you need to decide, then it's 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 a, it's a good place to be. You mm. know, but uh, I think Neil Powell would, would, would put a lot of pressure on himself because he wants to be successful. Uh, from your point of view, do we see a good, strong crop of uh, future coaches coming through the system? Yeah, I do think. I, I do think so. I do think so. And, uh, and, and I think it's all about um, the opportunity. You know, I think about a guy like uh, David Manuel, who's been at the Bulls. Um, you know, he's coached Super Rugby. He's, mm. he's, he's, he's been in the system. Think about Joey Monguale at the Lions, who's, who's coached uh, Super Rugby, been successful. You think about the final click or, you know, currently with the, with the under, under 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about Jumani Boy, who's, who's been around the block. You think about Paul True, who's mm-hmm. been around the block, coach at Super Rugby level. Um, it's now just a matter of, of creating the system for, for, for those coaches to come to the forefront and not to be assistant coaches, but mm-hmm. be head coaches and, and take charge. Because obviously, you know, when you're assistant coach, you, you, your role is specifically to assist the head coach to, 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 to be successful. You know, as, as an assistant coach, you don't mm. always get that recognition. Mm. But I do think these, these coaches have got the ability to actually take off head coach and run, with, and run the show. Obviously, there's very limited opportunities within all structures of South African rugby and international rugby as well. But uh, there must be opportunities out there. I guess, you know, we look to Japan, we look to other European countries that opportunities do present themselves. But do our South African coaches get opportunities to uh, manage and, 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 uh, you know, to coach in those structures? You know what, the sad reality is that uh, if you haven't coached at a quite a, a high level at, uh, you know, in your own country, then it's, it's quite difficult getting a, a, you know, a gig abroad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Varsity Cup for, in our country is, is rated quite high, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, in, 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 in Europe or Japan or whatever, it's not really seen as a, as a, as a major competition. Yeah. You know, even though scouts, scouts come to the Africa and scout players from here, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not the same with regards to the coaching. Um, I do think, you know, that, uh, you know, if, if, if we as, uh, as South African can maybe do a little bit more work in getting coaches through the system and coaching at the high level, the opportunities will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I'm going to go off the beaten path and talk about uh, schoolboy rugby quickly with you because mm-hmm. there was an article I read recently that uh, obviously Coca-Cola had pulled out of the Craven Weeks, uh, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago, and uh, Rugby South Africa had uh, carried the costs of the tournament. But there's recent talk that they might even do away with the Craven Week, and that'll be a major loss for schoolboy rugby in this country. What's your thoughts and feelings on this? 
I think it, it would be. It, 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 uh, it would be because uh, I think Cameron Week has the last few years really been a breeding ground for FA rugby mm. and also for, for universities to select and scout from, you know. If uh, if Cameron Week falls away, I think it will, it will create a big void even though there's there's talks of uh, a new schoolboy competition mm. that uh, that's going to be you know uh, reinstated in 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 the place of of Coca-Cola for the Caribbean week but in saying that you know I do you know if rugby doesn't really have a mandate and a say over the schools so mm. there will be there, how that's going to be colored in it's going to be it's going to be a tricky situation because obviously with with that the schools can select uh, you know, 15 players who they think is the best. Mm-hmm. Whether it's 15 white players, 15 black players, you know, there's not a there's not a big focus on them to transform and 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 develop and 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 get players through. However, you know, if you look at the, the South African system, mm-hmm. you know, Cayman Week has always been that that breeding ground to get players of colour through and giving opportunities. How is transformation in South African rugby coming along, especially, I mean, you've been involved in schoolboy rugby, also the uh, varsity rugby. Are we seeing good transformation levels coming through and, and the point that we, you know, meeting the standards as required of uh, of our national teams? Yes, I do think so. I do, I, I do think so, but I, 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 I almost say, I always want to say that we can do more. Mm. You know, I, I want to say that we can do more because... Uh, you know, if if you if you look at, at at the amount of players we we have coming through, there's there's an enormous amount coming through. But it's about it's about keeping those players and also responsibility on the players. You know, because uh, you know, varsity cup is the uh, and 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 for me that's that's one of the the the, the tournaments where a player of color, mm. if he's got the, the the right credits to study, firstly, and mm. if he's got the right mindset to actually finish his studies. You know, it's, it's an opportunity for him to to be seen and to be noticed, and then also you know grow grow within the structure. You know, I think about the guy like Raymond Smith, Sylvie uh, Mahuza. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, those guys have come through the Boston Cup, they finished their studies, and they had and within their studies, mm-hmm. they actually had opportunities to move, but they decided that the studies was important. Yes, you know. Yes. So I think it's, it's a two-way thing. The one is. Uh, you know, the, the players of color need to, need, need, need to get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if they get the opportunity, they need to put in the effort and study hard and ensure that they actually get a degree. Because you, you never know. You know, you, can, you might break your leg whenever you run onto the field or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least you know you've got something to fall back on. A varsity Cup is, is hugely popular, whether it's the 15-man game or the sevens <laughs> game. I mean, they're always drawing crowds to most of their matches, and especially the TV games. It, it is highly exciting, and like you said, it creates a, a huge trove of uh, future talent for the likes of the provincial teams as well as the national sides. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I, and I think we need to really commend uh, you know, the, the management of Varsity Cup for the way they've They've actually enforced the, the rules with regards to the 60 credits mm-hmm. uh, and the first year rule and, and, and the postgraduate rule. I think that's been that's been one of the uh, you know uh, the uh, the locks with regards to getting the players of color through. And not just that, but but you know ensuring that unions or, or universities don't just go out and buy all over the show. They now need, need to ensure that the mm-hmm. scouting is, is is good. You know the players of color coming through the players. That they want one from another union, you know, moves but has the right credit, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Uh, the other thing I need to ask you with regards to uh, varsity rugby, I mean, we see that the, the varsities do have a lot of money. Do they go out and buy the best <laughs> players, or is it a case of scouting, making sure they get the best talent possible? How does it really work within those structures? 
Well, I, I, I don't want to mention any names, but, but I know there they are, they are universities that, that, that go out and buy left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the university that I worked at, Northwest University, yes. we, we, we ensured that, that our scouting was good and that we, uh, you know, brought the right guys through. You know, again, we lost, we lost a lot of players, uh, you know, along the, along the wayside because mm-hmm. um, of not qualifying to study. Uh, injuries and, and, and rather, you know, selecting to, 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 to take up a professional contract, mm. um, you know, but uh, that's, I guess, that's probably part of the game, you yes. know, it's uh, all different dynamics and at the end of the day, players have, have, have got to take care of themselves, you know. For me, as, as a coach, I've always ensured or wanted that the players, you know, when it comes to my hands, must become better men and, and better people rather mm. than just a, a, a good rugby player. So beyond uh, university coaching, uh, like you said, you would like to uh, get involved with more unions, or would you look to other opportunities abroad? Well, I would, I would, I would firstly would want to uh, stay in our country. I think yeah. uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, I, I do think I can add a lot of value. Uh, but if, if if the opportunity doesn't come in my country, you know, obviously I need to. I've got a family, family, I need to take care of. So mm-hmm. I've got to do what I've got to do. You know, I, I, however, I, I, I would love to stay in, in South Africa and coach into Africa for as long as possible. And then hopefully, because my ultimate goal is to be uh, head coach of the Springboks. Yep. Well, talking about the Springboks, uh, last question to you, I guess, is obviously their fantastic performance over in Japan, winning the Rugby World Cup once again. That's done a, a major, it's given us a major boost right, right here in South Africa. Yeah. Do you think that's yeah. going to be uh, taken a step further? Can we see... Uh, Super Rugby being won uh, the Rugby Championship, uh, being retained, I guess. You know, what does this really do for our country going forward? Well, I think, firstly, you know, it, uh, it, it, it's going to bring back a lot of sponsors. I think that's that's the one area where mm-hmm. I think it's Rugby has been, uh, has been uh, you know, bumping heads and with, with, with a ran, you know, uh, you know the, the weak ran. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's going to that, that, that's gonna cover a, a, a major hole. Uh, but at the same time, I think you know a guy like uh, like Sia has, has has just done really tremendously in leading in leading uh, the squad. You know, at first, you know, a lot of a lot of talk was a, was was about him and saying, you know, is he the right person? Is he, is he does he have the strong character to lead the squad? Mm. Uh, and I and I, and I think he's uh, he's proving himself. So hopefully now uh, you know we'll, we we will build on this and 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 we'll we'll start taking. Uh, a lot, a lot more chances on players that uh, predominantly doesn't uh, fit in the box that that everyone uh, is used to. Mm. Well, let's hope that it is uh, fruitful for South African rugby that we do uh, do benefit from all of this. And there's no doubt about it that uh, we would all like to do that as rugby fans and as journalists as well. Uh, we would really like to see rugby thrive uh, because of the success of the Springboks. Jonathan, we say thank you so much for joining us on uh, Marawa Sport Worldwide this evening and best of luck going forward. Thank you very much. appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Jonathan McGuena, former Blitzbok captain and a man that also does a lot of work with the Northwest University in uh, coaching in their structures as well, Varsity Cup structures. Uh, great chatting with him and getting a background into what is transpiring in South African rugby, not only on the Sevens field, which we know the World Seven Series gets underway in uh, Dubai this coming weekend. And he gave us, gave us uh, great insights into the setup of uh, uh, the team going forward as they prepare for the uh, Olympic Games in Tokyo in 2020. Uh, can you believe it? We're really talking about that. The year is about to come to an end in 2019 and there's still so much to talk about 
What we're going to do is open up the phone line shortly and uh, we would like for you to have uh, your say on uh, open line in the last 10 minutes. And if you'd like to give us a call, the number to call is 089-110-3377 or 089-110-2000. You can also leave us a WhatsApp voice note on 060-584-2250. If you're listening on Metro FM or Radio 2000 or if you're listening to Radio 2000, you'll probably be listening to the crickets, uh, which gives me a quick moment to give you an update on what's happening in the Mzanzi Super League match between the Twani Spartans and the Nelson Mandela Bay Giants. Uh, the uh, Twani Spartans reaching 188 for the loss of five wickets from their lotted 50 overs. Uh, Tony Dezorzi pitching in with 30 runs of 22. Vian Mulder with 52 or 41. And uh, the man of the moment, A.B. de Villiers. A great knock. A half century from him. 63 of 38 balls and helping his side get to their current score of 188 for five. So uh, in order to keep pace with the, the guys at the top of the log, Paul Rocks, uh, Nelson Mandela Bay Giants will need to get 189 runs to garner all four points and join uh, Paul Rocks at the top of the table. Well, we'll be back with an open line. Uh, give us a call 089-110-3377 or 089-110-2000. Leave us a WhatsApp voice note on 60 584